0: All right. What here? All right. Okay. Oh, uh, I want us to go to. Um, I'm going to lay this out here just a second so we can see it. Oh, uh, oh, uh, this is just you know your index of your Bible right here. But but watch this. If you come down here all the way through um, down here to uh, after you pass the Book of Psalms, you go over here and here's this book called Ezekiel. Okay. Oh, uh, most people, including me, I don't know nothing about it. You know. I mean, but. It's our Bible, and we're wondering, why the, what the heck is this thing doing in the Bible? Well, you, it's, if you read the first verse, you can tell Ezekiel was a priest. He was a priest. Oh, it's a story about being a priest. No, it's more than that. It's totally historical. He, it says he lived with the Jewish exiles beside the Chebar Canal in Babylon. Now, what do you mean exiles? And what do you mean, what's Babylon got to do? I thought it's Israel. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar had already just wiped out the kingdom. So let me set this up. Let's go back here and look. Uh, notice the book right above it is Lamentations. What is the word lament? I, lament, I, I lamented over this. Well, that's because, you know, something had happened, okay? The, uh, they were, uh, I mean, they, they lost their nation. Notice this, Lamentations 1, Jerusalem cities, once strong with people, now silent, like a widow broken with grief, she sits... See, some people think all this is just uh, poetic. You're missing the point. It's not poetic. There was not one thing poetic about this. That's not what this is. This is history. Now, if you back up in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was in the last 10 years of the kingdom. So here we go. Look at this just a second. Let me back up all the way. Genesis. Okay, God created the world. Okay, he did. It's not evolution. You're not going to find any evidence to that. They're still missing a huge link. okay. Anyway, but anyway, Genesis starts you out with the beginning, okay? And then you, all of a sudden, by the time you get to the 12th chapter, look at this. Well, let's just pick it up right here in the, in the fifth chapter here. By the fifth chapter, you've got uh, Noah, all right? Sixth chapter, you've got a flood. Oh my goodness, here comes a flood. God says, I'm going to wipe out uh, from the face of the earth all mankind. Why? Because it, the whole world, look at this, <laughs> look at this. He saw the extent of human wickedness. It was totally horrible. Okay, so you got a flood by the sixth chapter. They're still in the ark by the eighth chapter. The ninth chapter, they got out. And here they come. They're going to repopulate the earth. Okay, by the twelfth chapter, here's where we start realizing oh, well, let me back up at the end of the eleventh chapter. At the end of the eleventh chapter, there you have Abram. That's Abraham, okay? His son Abram, okay, and so he's in this city of Haran. And so God says, Hey, look, leave this country and your own people go to the land I'll guide you to. If you do, I'll cause you to become a father of a great nation. And I'll bless you and make your name famous. You'll be a blessing. And Lotus says, I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. That same blessing is yours. Now, from here on forward, it's 13, 14, 15. It's all about Abraham and his life and his kids. Okay, now. They wind up, the next thing we see is exodus. Exodus means exit. That's because they all wound up being slaves. And God already said, God told Abraham that was going to happen. 450 years, your descendants are going to be enslaved in Egypt. But after 450 years, the Lord says, by a great power, I'm going to bring them out. Okay, so they came out. And that's the story of Moses. (laughs) And then you've got Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. This is all Moses. Leviticus just simply means how the Levites, that means the people that manage the tabernacle, how you were supposed to function. Numbers, guess what that is? Scratch your head. It's the numbers, it's the counts of all the people that came out of Egypt. They still hadn't made it to the promised land yet. They've crossed the the uh, you know, they've they've crossed the river, I mean, excuse me, the, the ocean where the Lord split the Red Sea. But they're still at Mount Sinai. Then all of a sudden, here you go, and do, uh, excuse me, in, uh, in Numbers, that's when they take off. They get all the way to the promised land within a month and a half and they go, I mean, after God had just wiped out Egypt. Now, why did God wipe out Egypt? Boy, he's so mean. Pharaoh was throwing all of the newborn babies in the river. He was killing them. Remember, God said, I'll bless those that bless those and I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. But anyway, God was showing the whole earth by just grabbing hold of Israel and taking care of them that he existed. Everybody else was worshiping the sun, worshiping this, carve a piece of wood, worship that, worship this, worship whatever. They didn't know who God was. So that's the history trail behind all this stuff. So in the book of Numbers, they get to the promised land and they go, oh, we can't go in there. I'd rather go back to Egypt. Well, that's exactly just about what happened. So they couldn't go in the promised land. And they wandered around for 40 years until finally all that bunch had died out and all their kids are grown up now. And the Lord says, okay, now you're going to the promised land. So notice this, Deuteronomy 1. This book records the Moses' address to the people when they were camped in the valley of Arabah in the wilderness of Moab. In other words, this was... Notice it says it was given on February four, 15th, 40 years after the people left Mount Horeb, though it only takes 11 days to get there. But see, it took them. They don't mind the dog. Okay. Oh, it only takes them 11 days by foot to get there. But anyway, so they got there. Now, this time they're actually going to go in the promised land. Now, Moses is going to pass away at this point. It's been 40 years. He was already 80 when he started, so he's 120 years old. Now Joshua takes over. They're in the promised land. Then all of a sudden, these people are worshiping idols. It goes down fast. And then nothing's left in Israel. And these judges, Samson is taken. So is Gideon and all these people trying to keep. Everybody's running for cover. So anyway, then all of a sudden, you wind up with with King Saul. And then the second king is who? It's King David. After King David, you know, then, then you have about 20 kings. That's the reason it goes. It says 1 Kings and then you have, um, see, notice, in his old age, King David. Now look at this, Second Kings. And then you've got First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. Well, where's Third Chronicles and Fourth Chronicles? And Fifth? there's no such thing. The kingdom was lost at that point. It was gone. So, the tail end of these kings. Notice this, the tail end of these kings. I'm going to go straight to, uh, the last chapter. Hold on a second. Let's see, verse 36, I mean, chapter 36, Chronicles. Josiah, the son of Jehoahaz, was selected as the new king. He only lasted 23 years, okay? Then he was disposed by the king of Egypt, who demanded an annual tribute from, in other words, of Judah for 233,000. In other words, what's going on? Well, the whole nation is being, is being hauled off because they worshiped idols. Now, uh, coming down here to the end, notice it, look at that. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar... King of Babylon, now you know why Ezra was in exile in Babylon. Well, Nebuchadnezzar finally wiped them all out. Took away the king and chains to Babylon. He also took some of the gold bowls and the items of the temple, placing them in his own temple. And it wasn't God's temple. They worshipped some other god, whatever, which doesn't exist. There's only one God. Now, so this is the time frame. Now, let's pick up in the book of, uh, like we'd say, uh, who, the, who the heck would even be reading uh, Ezekiel. But I'm going to show you some fantastic things here. Okay, Ezekiel chapter 1. Now, because uh, see, a lot of people try to read the book of Ezekiel, and they go, well, it's America. It's not America. It was Israel. Israel lost their hide. This is only in about an 11-year time frame. Focus everything you see in that 11 years, okay? Keep your eye on Ezekiel. You should also keep your eye on Jeremiah. Jeremiah was about 20 years before him. He was trying to negotiate actually sort of contemporary same time. He was trying to negotiate with the last king of Israel saying, "Look, if you'll just surrender to Nebuchadnezzar, you'll be okay." But he didn't want to. He worshiped idols, he was throwing his kids to the fire. Horrible stuff going on. Ezekiel, okay, notice what it says. He was a priest, the son of this guy, Buzz will say, who lived with the Jewish exiles beside the Kabar Canal in Babylon. One day in June, when I was 30 years old, okay, so we know he's 30 years old and he's a high priest, but he's been kicked out of his nation. He doesn't have the temple to go to anymore. The temple's been destroyed, okay? So actually, it's the last 10 years of the kingdom. Now, I want to jump ahead and let's see what was actually going on. Let's go to the 8th chapter. Now, late in August, in the sixth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, he was the last of the two or three kings there, and this guy had been exiled to Babylon. He's already been in Babylon, probably in the king's prison. They still treated these guys with a little respect. So it's the sixth year, so they're keeping a date. That's why that chart back there, you can follow the dates. As well. The dates are here. So he's been here for six years, And he said, I was talking with the elders of Judah in my home. The power of the Lord, God, fell upon me, and I saw what appeared to be a man from his waist down. Well, obviously, this must be like Jesus. Okay. He was all amber covered with brightness. He put put out what seemed to be a hand, and he took me by the hair, and the Spirit lifted me up into the sky and seemed to transport me to Jerusalem. Remember, where was he? He was in Babylon, but now the Lord has taken him to where? So it's telepathic. Well, it doesn't matter. This stuff we we assume, you know, that we already believe the Bible. This is nothing strange. Jesus will on the Mount of Transfiguration, we call it, and all of a sudden his clothes start glowing. Peter and James and John were there, and all of a sudden, boom, Moses showed up. Well, he hadn't been there. Where'd he come from? Elijah showed up too. Philip in the Book of Acts, chapters eight or nine, he was trying to remember. He would join himself to that chariot. And was trying to help that guy read what? The book of funny books. No, it was Isaiah who was prophesying during this time frame. Trying to tell these kings, cut it out or we're going to lose it all. Isaiah was prophesying during that time. Telling them, warning them constantly. Okay. But anyway, while uh, Philip's talking to this guy, once he gets him baptized, all of a sudden, boof, he disappeared. And he found himself where? In Dothan, Alabama. No, he he found himself in Dothan. That's what the scripture says. He was at Dothan. So anyway, so this is nothing strange. So... Uh, um, Ezekiel, he knows some things about the Lord and he loves the Lord and all of a sudden, whoo, he had this vision and he saw himself get, whoo, picked up and placed injured. Drew- Look what he saw. See, sometimes it's just like the news today. They do not give us the details. Thank God the Bible does. But sometimes we have selective hearing because we don't take time to read the Bible and find out. I'm going to show you something so fantastic because God's going to protect you Remember the numbers that the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that, you know, people worry about the all we hear about is 666 on their forehead. But you know, God marked his group. His group was marked. You're marked. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. All right, so watch this. So look what the Lord showed him. So anyway, uh, and he lifted me in the sky, seemed to transport me to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the north gate, where, uh, what? A large idol that had been made. That had made the Lord so angry. All, oh, please, Lord. No, please, nothing. Moses told us that the Lord, the Lord was speaking, said he was jealous. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know. Anyway, suddenly the glory of the Lord of, of God of Israel was there, just as I had seen in, before in the valley. That was in chapter one. You can go back and look at it. Okay, son of dust, he called him. Looked toward the north, and I looked, and sure enough, north of the altar gate, in the entrance, stood the idol. In the tabernacle? Oh, gosh. You talk about, you know, it's not blasphemy. They they desecrated the temple. They had one king. I think it was Ammon. He went to go visit the Amorites, no, the Assyrians, and he saw something cool there. He said, hey, and he drew a picture of it, went back, told the stupid high priest, said, we want one of these in our tabernacle. That's not how you do business. The business was dedicated by Moses. Moses found strict instructions from the Lord. Build the ark this way. Do this that way. Whatever. Whatever. The priest got to do this. Da, 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 And boy, this king goes, i got a better idea. Oh, brother. Anyway. And he said, son of dust, do you see what they're doing? Do you see the great sins of the people of Israel? What they're doing here? To push me from my temple. <whistles> but come, I'll show you greater sins than these. Notice it ain't sashing your mama. Now, we should treat our mamas right. And we should love one another. But look, this is where the problems were. He took me to the door of the temple and I could see an opening in the wall. Now dig in the wall, he said, and I did. And I uncovered a door to a hidden room. Lord, mercy, look at this. Go in and see the wickedness going on there. So I went in and the wall was covered with pictures of snakes, lizards, hideous creatures, besides all the various idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Gee whiz. Seventy elders were standing there along with this guy. Guy who never existed. Well, why did they give us his names? He did exist. Worshipping these pictures. Whew. That's the reason Isaiah writes, and you read Isaiah, Isaiah says, Well, next time you're in trouble, just go ask that goofy picture. Get that goofy picture to bail you out financially. But thank God we know better. We don't go, Well, good luck charm. I love the A team. I remember Murdoch had a little, uh, you know, he had a little lucky, what, that rabbit's foot one time. Well, he and B.A. were driving along, and, and he gets this little lucky rabbit's foot going, Do us well. Well, they'd already gotten several trouble. And you know what B.A. said? He says, don't look like it helped a rabbit out too much. (laughs) I mean, look at the obvious. You made your idol. Or as they were doing the scriptures, they were buying this thing. They took a piece of wood, carved it out, and said, oh, you caused me to become a great person. Bull. There's no way. But anyway, notice what else is heading. He said, I'll show you greater sins. Look at this. He brought me to the north gate of the temple, and there the women were weeping for who? You can Google this idiot. It was a Middle Eastern God. I mean, they made up. The Amorites and Moabites and stuff. Have you seen this? But I'll show you even greater things. Oh, it must have been where they just raised their voice and they got ugly. No, it wasn't. It was worshiping other gods. Okay. So he brought me in the inner court and there was a door between the porch and the bronze altar. Now this is in the temple. Five men were standing with their backs to the temple, facing the east, worshiping the sun. Have you seen this, he said? Is it nothing to the people of Judah that they've committed these terrible sins, leading the whole nation into idolatry, thumbing their noses at me, arousing my fury against them? Therefore, I'll deal with them in fear. I'll neither pity nor spare. And when they scream for mercy, I'll not listen i say, Richard, where's this going for us? Well, thank God we're not this way. But sometimes we get the idea that if something goes wrong, you know, we're probably going to get caught in the middle of it. No, you're not. Remember, think about Noah. The whole world was, uh, uh, God was going to wipe everybody out. But Noah found grace in his sight. And God said, Noah, tell you what, I'll protect you and your family, you know. The whole story about that. Okay, but anyway, now I want to jump to the 16th just a moment. Because there were some things here, real, real good here. But it's all the same. Watch this. He says, uh, uh, speak to Jerusalem about her loathsome sins. Tell her, the Lord God says, you're no better than the people of Canaan. Your father must have been an Amorite, your mother a Hittite. When you were born, no one cared for you. When I first saw you, your umbilical cord was uncut. Now the Lord's just describing, basically, when he, when he, he pulled nobody out of a hat. And he did all these wonderful things to them. And then they turned their back on the Lord. Look at the descriptions. You were neither washed nor your umbilical cord was uncut. You were neither washed nor rubbed with salt or cloth or clothed. No one had the slightest interest in you. No one pitied you or cared for you. Now, wait a minute. Remember, now, there's a lot of things you can get from this. Because guess what? No matter what our state is, boy, he pities you. He takes care of you. This is the care of the Lord. Now, he's going to show how ungrateful Israel was. Remember, at this time, okay? Now, don't associate yourself with this bunch because that's not you. But watch this. On the day that you were born, you were dumped out in a field and left to die, unwanted. Boy, that would have been bad. God. But, of course, we hear about stuff like that today. Babies born, they just throw it in a dumpster. He said, I came by, saw you there covered in your own blood, and I said, live. Thrive like a plant in the field, and you did. Now, look what else the Lord did. Now, this is where we need to be reminding ourselves, no matter what our circumstances are, God wants you to live. He wants you to thrive, and here comes these financial blessing. He wants you to be blessed financially, so get rid of all that poor-as-me stuff. I mean, God would have said, you know, hey, I found you with your umbilical cords. You cover blood. But, you know, that's going to make a great story about when how God treats you bad or, or when the troubles of life. No, he didn't. He totally saved them. That is a mess. God never created you to be that way. You grew up to become a tall, slender, and subtle and a ju- uh, jewel among jewels. And when you reach the age of maidenhood, now cover your eyes here. Oh, my God. Please read the Bible, Okay. Your breasts were full formed. We don't know what a woman is. We know that, okay? It's fine. We, it, it, some people choke. Okay, but we'll read the next verse. And your pubic hair was formed. I mean, come on. He's just describing a woman coming out from being a child and now she's become an adult. You know, let's stay with what's going on. Watch this. Yet you were naked. Later, when I passed by and saw you, you were old enough. For marriage and I wrapped my cloak around you to legally declare my marriage vow. I signed a covenant with you and you became mine. Well, you know what Ezekiel's doing here. The Lord's describing that he chose Israel and now you belong to the Lord. Well, look what she's gonna do. When the marriage was taken, I gave you beautiful clothes, linen, silk, embroidered and and sandals made of dolphin hide. I gave you lovely ornaments, bracelets, beautiful necklaces. Now, remember, now we're not guilty of what this folks do. We've all made our own sins and stuff, but can you get what he's saying here? He's going to keep you safe. He's going to adorn you. Remember, Jesus even said Solomon was not even adorned like what? The lilies of the field, the flowers of the field. And he said, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? A lot of times we just think, well, I, I can't have a new car. you know, I can't have this, and I can't, in the light of this, Mm-mm. anyway. Look at this, a ring for your nose, and I could do without the ring for your nose, you know, whatever. And I think a few ladies probably don't need a ring, but during their time frame, this must have been great. Okay, probably look good. Uh, two more for your ears, and a lovely tiara for your head. So you were made beautiful with gold and silver, and your clothes were silk and linen, beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest foods, became more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your reputation was great among the nations for your beauty. Guess what? This is during the time of David. And Solomon, right after that, pew, went down the hill. But then when Hezekiah came back, no, actually Asa, it got good. Then it got bad. Then it got good. Whatever, back and forth. All the gifts I got you. I just want to show you what uh, the Lord's dealing with here so we can understand what's going to happen here in this next chapter. Uh, <clears throat> But you thought you couldn't get along. No, but you thought you could get along without me. You trusted in your beauty instead. You gave yourself as a prostitute to every man that came along. He's not talking about prostitution, but it's a good little analogy here. He's talking about you gave yourself these other gods. Your beauty was for his asking. You gave. You gave. Excuse me. You used the lovely things I gave you for your making idol shrines and to dedicate your bed of prostitution. Unbelievable. There's never been anything like it before. You took the very jewels of gold and silver I gave you and made statues of men and worshipped them. Now look at this. Which is adultery against me. You used the beautiful uh, uh, embroidered clothes that I gave you to cover your idols. Used my oil and incense to worship them. You set before them as a lovely sacrifice. Imagine the fine flour and honey and oil I gave you. Now here, look at this. And you took my sons and daughters that you bore to me and you sacrificed them to your gods. Manasseh did that, you know. Others did that. Now, say, Rich, that's bad stuff. Okay. Now let's watch what happened here. Three chapters. Three specific things I want you to see here. It's real easy. And this is good news. This is so good news. Okay, watch this. Right after the Lord had, had picked up Ezekiel and showed him and it uh, showed him in Jerusalem what was going on. Remember, he was over in Babylon. All of a sudden, boom, he thundered, Call to those whom I've given the city. Tell them to bring their weapons with them. Ay, 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 ay. Six men appeared at his call, coming from the upper north gate, each with his own sword. <laughs> uh oh. One of them wore a linen cloth and carried a rider's case. What's that for? <sighs> Strapped to his side. They all went into the temple it stood beside the bronze altar. And the glory of God of Israel rose between the guardian angels where it had rested and stood before the entrance. Well, people think, this reason, when you read this stuff, this stuff's not fairy tales. If you go back and look, remember it was first and second kings and then they were gone. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar wiped it out. Took him two years to knock out the, remember the people inside Jerusalem were eating each other. There was no food left. Jeremiah was writing during that time. Guess what? Jeremiah had food. The king specifically made sure he had food. Why? Because he was the good guy. He's you and I, okay. But those rats were still worshiping idols. They wouldn't try. Jeremiah was pleading with them. He said, "If you guys would just begin to worship the Lord, we could stop this." But they wouldn't. They still wanted to worship their stupid sun god. Okay. Anyway, so boy, I tell you, the glory of the Lord's risen here. He called to the man with a writer's case, walked through the streets of Jerusalem, put a mark on the foreheads. Of the men who weep and sigh for all the sins they see around them. Well, what's that for? Now, this is what's so good. We got a lot of crap going on in the world today. But you and I are marked. Hallelujah. All this crap's going to go down. But you and I are marked. It's not going to come near us. Thousand fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Okay, watch this. Then I heard the Lord tell the other men, follow him through through the city and kill everyone whose forehead isn't marked. Spare not. Now, remember I read these other, uh, you had to say, God had made a deal with Israel. Mount blessing and Mount curse. They would say all the blessings and then they would say all the curses. Israel signed up for this. If we don't worship you, we know we're toast. Yeah, apparently, yeah, right. But anyway, okay. So anyway, so anyway, spare not, kill them all, old and young, women and children. Don't touch it. Look at that. Don't touch anyone with a mark and begin right here in the temple. So they began, and anyway, they wiped, out, uh, they wiped out the 70 elders to start with. Remember, he already saw what the 70 elders were doing. They were in that room with all them snakes and stuff going, Oh, you're the greatest snake in the world. Yeah, you made me. God created the heavens and the earth. You got to watch yourself and make sure you don't fall for all this stuff about, well, it's a big bang, you know, whatever. I mean, this, this is the biggest line book ever. It keeps saying over and over again, the God who created the heavens. He created, he created, he created. All things were made by him and for him was not anything made that was made. Well, somebody's a doggone liar. Well, I choose that it's not the Bible, praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, anyway, notice what the Lord's going to He says, He said defile the temple, fill the courts with the bodies of those you kill. But now wait a minute. We already found out that don't hurt anyone that's got that mark. I want to jump ahead here. I want to go to the 11th chapter. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of the temple where I saw the, five, the 25 most prominent men in the city, including the officers who don't exist. Oh, yeah, they did. There's their names. The Spirit said to me, Son of dust, these are the men who are responsible for all the wickedness going on in this city. Say to the people, it's time. They, no, they were saying, oh, it's time to rebuild Jerusalem. No, it's not. It's going to get wiped out. Oh, and we're going to be an iron shield and be protected from all harm. No, it's not. That's not what's going to happen. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, The Lord says, uh, Is that what you, what you are saying? Yes. Uh, I know it is, for I know everything you think. Every thought that comes into your minds. You have murdered endlessly and filled your streets with the dead. Now he's talking about the people there, not when the Lord was taking care of this. These were this is what was going on. This is the reason it was just uh, wicked. As a matter of fact, God said Israel at this time was wicked than all the rest of the nations. They were worse. Talk about just blaspheming the Lord. Oh my gosh. Anyway, notice what he says here. Uh, you think this city's an iron shield? <laughs> no, it isn't. I'll not protect you. You're slain are going to lie within it, but you'll be dragged out and slaughtered. I'll expose you to war, uh, which you have so greatly feared, saith the Lord. And I'll take you from Jerusalem and hand you over to the foreigners. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, remember, this, this totally happened. But guess what? All those that the rider had marked, well, they's just lucky dogs. They weren't lucky dogs. They were ones who were trusting the Lord. Praise the Lord. None of this stuff is going to come on you. I know this is historical. We're looking back, but in the future, it's the same way. Anyway, so he says, you're going to be slaughtered all the way to the borders of Israel, and you're going to know I'm the Lord. No, this city will not be an iron shield, and uh, you say for then, I'll chase you even to the borders of Israel. Now, why? Because of all their idols they worship. You're going to know I'm the Lord. You've not obeyed. Now, watch this right here. Uh, While he was saying this... uh, This guy, boy, he just died. He hit the ground. Well, Ezekiel fell to the ground in his face and said, Lord, are you going to kill everyone in Israel? Anyway, the Lord spoke and he said, Now look, son of dust, the remnant left in Jerusalem are saying about your brothers and exiles because they were so wicked that the Lord deported them. But the Lord says, uh, now the Lord has given us their land. Anyway, he says, tell the exiles that the Lord God says, Although I have scattered you to the other countries, look at this, yet I will be a sanctuary For you that are there. Now what the heck does that mean? Boy, when they were exiled, remember that's where that great verse that Jeremiah said, I have a plan and a future for you. He was saying, When you get to Derut and when you get to Babylon, live your lives, build homes, support the country that you're in, because in seventy years you're gonna come back out. Praise the Lord. Now, oh one last place I want you to see. 14th chapter. Then some of the elders visited me to ask for a message of the Lord. This is the message that came to me. Son of dust, these men worship idols in their hearts. Should I uh, let them ask me of anything? Tell them the Lord God says, I, the Lord, will personally deal with anyone in Israel who worships idols and then comes to ask me to help. I mean, they were, they were worshiping all these idols. Then at the last second, they go, oh, i we going to ask the Lord for some help. And he's like, listen, y'all have gone way too far. Now, I want you to see what he uses, the Lord says here. So I'm going to punish the minds and hearts of those who turn to me from idols. Now, remember, that's not you and I. But I want you to see the protection of the Lord here. Therefore, warn them that the Lord God says, repent and destroy your idols. Stop worshiping them in your hearts. I, the Lord, will personally punish everyone, whether people of Israel or foreigners living among you who rejects me for idols and then comes to a prophet to ask for my help for advice. I'll turn upon him and make a terrible example of him destroying him and, I'll know, and they'll know that I'm the Lord. Now, notice we're seeing all this destroying, 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 but you keep saying, Richard, that's not us. That's right, it's not us. But see, in America, we switch it around. We think everything goes bad as the Lord's dumping this out on us. No, there's no dumping supposed to be on us. What's supposed to be happening to us is what happened to David. Saul couldn't kill him. David wound up on the throne. It was glorious. It was wonderful. Solomon came along and he was the richest in all the world. The smartest too. Everything in town and around the place. Silver was piled up in a heap. It was worthless. There was so much gold. Boy, what a lesson here. Anyway, but watch this. He goes on and says uh, uh, in verse 9, and if one of these false prophets gives him a message anyway, it's a lie. His prophecy is not going to come true. I'm going to stand against that prophet. Boy, they were were going, oh, yeah, the Lord's going to help you. Yeah, go back to worshiping that alligator. Oh, yeah, no way. Now watch this. Uh, False prophets and hypocrites, evil who say they want my words, all will be punished for their sins, so that the people of Israel will learn not to desert me and be polluted anymore with sin. They will be my people and I'll be their God. Now remember, their sin is worshiping other gods. Now watch this closely. Son of dust, if the people of the land sin against me, I'm going to crush them with my fist, break off the food supply, send famine uh, to destroy both man and beast. Now look at this phrase. If Noah, well, I thought he didn't exist. Of course he did. Jesus. Somebody's dead wrong here because Jesus mentioned in the days, as in the days of Noah. So, anyway, Daniel, Daniel and Lion's that's this guy. Job, look at this. So even if Noah and Daniel and Job were in it, look what it says. They alone would be saved. Now that's where you need to identify. That's you. You, so it actually should be Dustin and Noah and Daniel and Job and Mel and Patrick and Phil and Bob, and Laura, and Richard. Praise the Lord. Look at that. <laughs> he said, man, I'm telling The Lord was saying, I don't care. You've pushed me so far. And he's, you'll, he's never going to get pushed this far again. Okay. Just like the flood. When the flood took place, he was never going to destroy the world again. That's the reason he got that rainbow like this. Now, this is the nation of Israel who had signed up for this. You will be our God. Oh, yeah. And we know if we ever decide not you're our God, then we're going to be, we'll be history. Well, they chose to be history. That's what happened here. If Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they alone would be saved by their righteousness, and I would destroy the remainder of Israel. Wow, look at this. Now think about this. And I'll send an invasion of dangerous wild animals. I mean, my son's here, and he got attacked when he was in high school by five cows, probably more. He survived. But he was doing like we were talking about. You know, he was saying, Lord, save me, you know, praise the Lord. Well, hello, it's par for the course. Dustin, Job, Daniel, and who's the other one? Noah. Oh, they'll be saved. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. you to have a t-shirt made saying, I'm with Noah and Daniel and Job. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm marked. Hallelujah. I'm protected. So notice what he says, you know. Uh, I would not save the people from their doom, only these three would be saved. Wow, but the land would be devastated. If I bring war against the land and tell the armies of the enemies to come and destroy everything, even if these three men were in the land, God declares that they alone would be saved. Praise God. Oh my goodness. Okay, let me close with this. Say, Richard, how can you believe that? Well, look at this. This is why. That's the reason you want to stay close to the scriptures. Oh, uh, excuse me, where are we at? Job, I want Psalm. I didn't open it up. Because outside of the scriptures, you start believing what other people say. But look what you got here in Psalm 91. We live in the shadow of the Almighty, sheltered by the God who is above all God. Sheltered, what does it mean sheltered? Oh, mentally sheltered. He wants to pat you on the back when things go bad. It'll be all right. That, no, keep reading. I declare that he alone is my refuge. From what? My place, look at that, safety, going up a ladder, whatever. He's my God. I'm trusting him for he rescues me from every trap and protects you from the, well, we got to make that spiritual somehow. No, you don't. There's a spirit world and there's a natural world. Oh, please. It's all one and the same. That says fatal plague. And we already found out he would protect from wild animals and disease and war. Noah, Job, and who's the other? than Daniel. Including you too, he'll shield you with his wings. They'll shelter you. His faithful promises are your armor. Now that's where our problem is. We don't know we got the armor, and then sometimes we think, well, man, it might not work. You know, I mean, boy, especially if God's really hot at Israel, you're going to get lost in the smoke. No, you're not. You're going to walk out all right. Same thing with Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he walked out all right. Nebuchadnezzar went and found Jeremiah. And said, "Hey, y'all find Jeremiah?" They found him. And said, now you know how come Jerusalem lost it. And Jeremiah says, Yeah, they're worshiping idols. And Jeremiah says, You can go on back. You don't need that. he took his chains off of him and said, You go back. You're fine. Anyway, <clears throat> now you don't need to be afraid of the dark anymore. I didn't know I was in the Bible. Yeah. shoot. Sure. Darkness still can try to get a hold of me sometimes, but man, praise the Lord. The Lord, I know what the Bible says. He'll help you. Nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plagues of darkness. Wow. Nor the disasters in the morning. You ever think about spending night in a hotel? Wow, wonderful earthquake happens. Guess what? You, Noah, Daniel, and Job will walk out of it. Praise the Lord. You're going to be all right. Let's finish this up. Look at that right there. A thousand fall at your side. Though 10,000 are dying around me, the evil will not touch me. Yeah, but you need to deal with it. Yeah, but this is in your Bible. Go to another state. Go in the store. Buy a Bible. Guess what? It's Psalm 91. And you know what? Our military, I believe they still do, but they used to call this the soldier's prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. Anyway, notice this. Jehovah's my refuge, the God above all gods to shelter me. How then can evil overtake me? Or a plague come near me. For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They'll steady you with their hands. They'll keep you from stumbling against the rocks of the trail. You can safely meet. There's that line. Remember God said, I'm so mad. I'm sending beast, famine, beast and everything. going to wipe you out for worshiping these idols. Boy, it happened. It wiped. He kept a remnant. And they all came back in 70 years. And boy, I tell you what. You know, dogs aren't going to bite you. Remember, he had them not barking at them in the book of Exodus. Not even a dog barked at the children of Israel. Wow. You can safely meet a lion or step on a poisonous snake. I mean, I laughed about that lion. I'm like, here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> yeah, a lion? Daniel, think about it. Daniel spent the night with those lions and survived. And King Darius said, the God whom you trust, may he save you. And Darius couldn't sleep all night long because he thought his buddy, who was president of the, of the whole region, God had promoted Daniel to the that's the reason he got thrown in there. The other three were mad at him, but Daniel was head over it all. And you're head over it all too. Okay, we need to wrap this up. Poisonous snakes. Go take your little trip. You know, going hiking today. It's warm out there. Snake may come out, but don't worry. They'll trample beneath you'll trample beneath your feet. For the Lord says, Because he loves me. Now, now, I believe we all know in this room we love the Lord. So guess what? That's your qualifier. Now, look, no what else? I will rescue him. I will make him great because he trusts my name. He will call on me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. That's not all. And rescue him and honor him. Look at this. I'll satisfy him with a full life. That means a long life. And I'll give him my salvation. That means you go into heaven. Let me open that note right there and let's stop right here. Look at this. Literally, look at that. Long life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We just thank you today for your word. We just appreciate you, Lord, because we know that we saw how you would single out <clears throat> Noah and Daniel and uh, oh, <clears throat> oh, whoever the other ones. yeah, Job, yeah, that you'll single us out and keep us safe too if, if disaster tries to come. We, uh, praise the Lord. What else can we get from that? Because we're not that situation like King Zedekiah. We're not worshiping other gods. We're worshiping you. Praise the Lord we made mistakes too, but we know we have Jesus. We've got the morning and evening sacrifice like the Israelites that we know you're forever. Your mercy is toward us and you forgive us. Praise the Lord. So Father, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. If we're not hurting somewhere, you'll, praise the Lord, you'll heal us. And if we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. And if it's some other problem we're facing today, you'll get us out. Praise the Lord. You want to show out. And praise the Lord, we're going to do our part. We're going to tell others how great you are in our life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well all right. How's good, Rich? Hey man, hello ya.